Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the TSG Podcast. Just a huge disclaimer before we begin that all content produced on this channel is for education and entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Good morning, everyone. So I'm here with my co-host, Sean. I'm Tim. Hello. And uh, we have an interesting topic today. We're, we're actually going to be talking about current events what's going on right now and um i i know sean we were talking off off uh off recording just just slightly but uh we were making a comment or at least i was just making a comment how it's it's amazing how human behavior and human emotion is 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 like we're we're aware of it now i mean back then when we we're just starting we, we weren't really paying attention to this and in the last couple of podcast episodes that we've been recording we kind of hinted on and we actually did say a lot about you know human psychology behavior emotion playing a huge role in investing and um we have a couple articles here that kind of tie into that and so i'm just going to start it off sean unless you want to add something more mm-hmm. okay no, no yeah so the article that I found really interesting this morning, and this was in a Fortunes magazine. So uh, I don't know if it's one of their free articles or not, um, but I have a subscription to Apple News. I'm not sponsored by them, but I do have it. And we get subscriptions to different various types of magazines. And I think it's an amazing uh, value just to get this. And the article's title is this. Americans' pandemic savings are evaporating as inflation soars and old activities resume. And this was written by uh, Alicia Ademsi. Adem, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. So I'm just going to call her Alicia A. And this was written on May 24th, 2022 at around 8 a.m., whatever time they're at. And the idea of this article, or at least the sum up of this article, is that before COVID happened, or at least during the time of COVID, what we found on in the U.S. was that majority of Americans were saving quite a bit of money. Uh, they, she said that personal savings in the year 2021-ish was roughly around 8.4%, so roughly around $73,000 saving outside of their retirement account. That means individual Americans or families had $73,000 in their savings account, not their retirement account, okay? Mm-hmm. And this attributed to a lot of things. I mean, one, we were in quarantine, so we couldn't travel a lot. We couldn't go out. So there wasn't really much in terms of spending besides you know spending on drop shipping and Uber Eats and all of that. And now that things have reopened and now that things have pretty much gone back to a more normal state, We're seeing in 2022 that the savings that Americans had was 8.4% a year prior. And now this year is around 6.2%. So it fell by a couple percentage. That means instead of $73,000 saved, now we're going into around $62,000 saved in the savings account. And this could be attributed to increase in normal behavior pre-pandemic. Uh, people aren't saving as much anymore. And what we're also seeing is that inflation, which is pretty much a good second half of this article, is what's on everybody's mind, at least in the United States. 
And a lot of individuals have, you know, savings or have retirements in mutual funds. And a lot of the mutual funds, at least uh, Northwestern Mutual Fund study said that inflation is what's on a lot of their clients' mind. And so it just, it, it really, the idea of now that things are going back to normal, I'm going to spend again. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to enjoy my time because I've been locked away at home for two years. You know, that that is a, a understandable human behavior, in my opinion. And, you know, even myself, once things opened up, I kind of, you know, I went out to enjoy the outside a little bit more eateries and all of that. And but people, even though inflation is on everyone's mind, they're still not saving as much anymore. What are your thoughts, Sean? Um, yeah, I think it, I think it makes sense. You know, there's almost like, um, you know, if looking at some of these things that happen in the economy and in the markets, it's almost like when a snake eats something and then you see the bubble of it sort of moving through the snake, Mm -hmm. it's like we had this COVID shock, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and then, we had stimulus checks and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people did some spending on some fun stuff that was not, you know, going out and getting services like in before COVID, mm-hmm. but just buying stuff mm-hmm. that caused a supply chain shock. Mm-hmm. Um, when the supply chains got, you know, bundled up, then that, uh, contributed to inflation as well as the checks themselves contributing to inflation. Mm-hmm. And now that people have spent down a lot of that money, um, now the economy is slowing down along with, you know, the actions of the fed and yeah. So we can, you know, it's, it's almost like this all makes sense given, given the history leading up to this point, you know, but the idea of the stimulus check, and I don't mean to go on a, a, on a huge tangent, okay? I, mm-hmm. But the idea of the stimulus check was originally to just help alleviate the burden. But yes. I don't think that the federal government knew that just giving out the stimulus check, that's when everyone stops working. It, it wasn't there to, you know, stop working. It was there to help alleviate and get people back to working. But what we saw is that no one wanted to work anymore. Unemployment you know, filing was skyrocketing during the pandemic. But the idea of the stimulus checks is supposed to be there to help, but we're stopping it because a lot of people, at least those around me are saying, well, why should I be working so hard when I'm getting help from the government and it's paying me almost equal to what I was doing when I was working? Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why the help from the government has to go away. And so... Well, um, I mean, it's going to be a huge burden. I mean, a lot of people are going to be like, no, I, I still need this help. You know, I mean, th- there are certain cases where it, it, it they they do need it. And mm-hmm. but I, I don't know how the government's going to stop it without it having a huge backlash from people. Um, well, so my understanding was a lot of the stimulus checks were sort of uh, they were not marketed as like an ongoing thing mm. they were not uh touted as that by the government's blood i remember there was two checks 
in 2020, I think. And then there was a third check after Biden got into office. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that third check was probably the most inflationary one and the one that caused the most negative impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, as my understanding is that there's no more checks coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now that there's no more checks coming and people have spent a lot of that money, like the article is saying, um, mm-hmm. now they're out. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, people will have to get jobs and people will also just have to tighten their belts, especially with inflation and prices going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, and I want to say that with the stimulus check and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people took that stimulus money and spent it in the market invested it. yeah right we saw a huge upscale in new new investors at least according to robin hood and and binance and all, all the coinbase and all of those companies they, they saw mm-hmm. a huge amount of new investors coming into the market with a huge wave of money coming in and i think it had to do with that as well at least it seems like it would correlate yep yeah yeah and a lot of people uh coming in who don't know the fundamentals you know yeah getting into more of the just meme stocks and mm-hmm. you know crypto mean crypto and stuff like that and speculation yeah 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 and so uh, i believe you said that there was an article that you were mm-hmm. reading um about the crypto world um so yes segue <laughs> crypto now <laughs> yes well so actually let me pull in a, a First, let me pull in a different article because um, there was an article about the a five trillion dollar wealth shock is cracking Ooh. Americans' nest eggs. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, I ruined the crypto transition. Now we'll have to do another crypto transition. It's there. okay. But, we can always connect um, it back. <laughs> yeah, we're we're the masters of transition, so we'll figure some <laughs> something beautiful. We should um, we should do one of those. Uh, sorry, not me to interrupt, but we should do one of those. You know, uh, old school segue where we're we're zoning out, penning out. You know how Family Guy does it, and then we go back on topic. Anyways, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so just the, the very abrupt segue. Yes. Um. Um, yeah, so so this article was a $5 trillion wealth shock is cracking Americans' nest eggs. So the idea is now that the economy is slowing somewhat and the markets are going down and so people's stocks are now worth less and their houses are no longer uh, appreciating in value. The housing market is starting to calm down. And that means people's net worth is not what it once was. When people look at the amount of money they have, uh, they just see a smaller number. And that makes them less inclined to spend money, Uh, makes them feel like they need to save more now. And so that just contributes to the issue. Uh, And yeah, the economists call this the wealth effect. the wealth effect is a theory that suggests that people spend more as the value of their assets rise mm-hmm. and they spend less as the value of their assets go down. So um, a lot of this 
does kind of trickle down from the most wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the wealth effect has its its most sort of powerful hit is that if someone's really, really wealthy and you know they've got lots of stocks, let's say they have a, a giant portfolio of stocks and then all of a sudden it goes down. You know, I mean, I think it's gone. I think the S&P has gone down 20%. So there are a lot of really, really wealthy people who have essentially their entire net worth has gone down 20%. Wow. And that's going to reduce their spending. And a lot of that spending would have been spent on goods and services that was made by average people, non-wealthy people, you know, Mm -hmm. people who are more in the middle of the income distribution are now not selling those goods to those wealthy people. And so it does, there is a bit of a trickle down effect with this wealth effect. Hmm. And so because it's trickling down, and this reminds me of Ray Dalio's, you know, long-term debt cycle analogy, where now that we're seeing a slowdown in spending, people aren't going to borrow as much money. They're going to start paying out debt, right? Mm -hmm. But in the immediate result when you slow down your spending right the business owners say that you know you're the business owner you know family run business and you're tr- you're trying to make ends meet but you're noticing less clients less revenues they stop start slowing down their expenses as well right they're going to cut down on expenses to meet the monthly payments right mm-hmm. and that's just going to have a snowball effect i feel uh a compound effect, so to speak, a snowball compound effect that yields more into that recession type of behavior. Yep. Yeah. And it snowballs with the article that you were talking about. That's why I wanted to bring up mine immediately after is because (laughs) the, uh, you know, the average person had savings from COVID that are now basically dried up. Yeah, they're, they're, so, they're spending it. Yeah, they're using it. But but on the bright side, that article also stated that there are a portion, a percentage of people in, in that study group that actually will be adopting their new saving habits. So there, there's still, hmm. there's still a, a bright side to the coin, right? Yeah. But I think majority of, of people saw that, hey, I have a lot in savings. Why not go spend it now? Uh, building on top of the wealth effect that you, you you were talking about, where you know I have a little bit extra money, let's go enjoy, spend it. The economy's reopened again, but because of that, they're not keeping an eye on how much they're spending. At least that's what I'm picking out, and they're overspending, right? Mm-hmm. And especially with inflation being a huge topic nowadays, I would think that if inflation's in the news right now and everyone's scared of it, I, I would think that hey, maybe I shouldn't be spending everything right now because or maybe it is a good time to spend because if inflation is is killing the dollar then the the pricing of your dollar right now is probably the most valuable it's going to be assuming that the inflation keeps going on yeah that is the tricky part is that inflation does uh put pressure on people to spend sooner yeah um now of course i would recommend to think about investing as well as spending mm-hmm. but yeah you can't simply save the money that you got by yeah. just like hanging on to it uh mm. that's not going to work because that will inflation will erode it so inflation kind of drives money out of people's hands it causes people to to go buy the stuff that they've been looking at mm-hmm. very interesting and so 
but here's the idea. So if inflation is is a big thing on everyone's mind and we're still spending. And what we're seeing is a whole bunch of money going into the markets as investments. And we're seeing a huge industry forming this year alone. I mean, this year, I think, was the biggest year for the crypto market. Segue back into crypto. (laughs) (laughs) I would think that most of that spending is investing in these new coins that are coming out. Right? The Dogecoin, the Mm stablecoin, Terra. I mean, there's a lot of things going on with Terra right now. But I, I feel like this is all going into that market. And and uh, this segues into the article that you're reading about the crypto. I think you read a crypto article. I I, I read mm-hmm. one. I think it's the same one that you read too. Mm-hmm. So do, would you like to explain what's going on on that end? Yes. Okay. Um, so, to, I mean, to to go to what you're saying, I think a lot of people, you know, from the stimulus checks had money to put into crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, now that markets have gone down, uh, crypto has gone down more. So crypto is like a much more volatile market than, say, the stock market. Everybody sort of piles in and then piles out kind of mm-hmm. together. So I think the total crypto market had gone above $2 trillion. I think maybe it had gone to like $2.5 trillion, mm-hmm. um, back probably in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the entire market cap of crypto is 1.2 trillion. Wow. So, yeah. So it dropped approximately half a billion or half yeah. a trillion, half a trillion. Sorry. It's, uh, almost probably a whole trillion. Is it a whole trillion a whole now? Trillion. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. It went down from two something to 1.2. Oh, so I so. thought, I thought you, I thought you said 1.7. <laughs> no, 1.2. <laughs> 1.2. Okay. Okay. Wow, yeah. $1 trillion loss. Yep. So the idea is who cashed out? That's my big thing. Who cashed out? Well, unfortunately for a lot of uh, crypto projects, it was probably VCs and wealthy people who were, who were sort of doing kind of a pump and dump. I think a lot of, uh, oh. especially the smaller cryptos are very susceptible to pump and dump type things. Um, but yeah, there's also, um, you know, recently institutions and larger entities have gotten into crypto and Mm -hmm. that, uh, like a lot of entities have been investing in crypto as, um, considering it like the NASDAQ and it's Mm -hmm. been moving, uh, in a very, tight correlation with the NASDAQ for the last like six months to a year. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people in wall street have gotten into crypto and they basically put it in the NASDAQ bucket when they, or they also a popular term is risk on versus risk off. Mm -hmm. So a risk on asset would be like the NASDAQ or crypto. And, you know, when the fed is printing money and things are, things are on the up and up, then you want to, pile into those risk on assets and then when things turn down you want to pile in to risk off assets um things maybe like value stocks and bonds and i don't know things like that Hmm. um but there was this uh interesting article about like i was saying before about who in crypto you know has 
has made those gains and who who got out mm-hmm. um in the wall street journal this is article crypto might have an insider trading problem mm. and the idea is that anonymous wallets buy up tokens right before they are listed and then sell them shortly afterwards mm-hmm. so um I know that this has, there's been some accusations against Coinbase in particular, but I think this happens to a lot of, um, a lot of these exchanges where they will, they'll want to add a new cryptocurrency to their platform. So that requires some work on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll want to do it quietly, but it's, it seems to be that either someone on the inside in those companies, uh, someone is is either leaking out that information or just using it themselves to front run the coin that's getting listed. So they'll buy up a coin that is about to get listed. And then there's this big announcement. Ah, we're adding this new coin to Coinbase. And then everyone, all the Coinbase customers show up. They say, oh, there's a new coin. I'm going to buy some. Hmm. Everybody buys a little bit. And this insider just unloads on them essentially hmm. and this is a this is a recurring theme in crypto hmm. so and it's a serious issue and i think um this is one of the reasons why people are talking about regulation because yes. they want you know it's hard to get a window into this especially if with this being a global market mm-hmm. and all you need is is a uh a cryptographic piece of information which is used as a wallet um you can use a wallet from pretty much anywhere in the world and buy most tokens you know Mm -hmm. from anywhere in the world and uh they can't really police that and they uh in a lot of cases if you are careful and you know what you're doing you can do it anonymously so nobody knows who it is that's actually doing this insider trading so it's a very difficult and thorny problem well, and that leads into the article that I read earlier this week, and I, I made a YouTube video on this where uh, one of the senators, um, I think it was uh, either a European senator or the U.S. senator, or Europe, I don't know what Europe's version of senator is, but yes, one of the senators uh, pretty much bashed on cryptocurrencies and Coinbase saying that we need to have tighter regulation because this is like a Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, what have you. They're using all of these uh, terminologies where it, it's trying to scare um, the average person who kind of went in not really knowing what they're going into. And like you said, there's a lot of scamming involved. There's a lot of you know insider trading and pump and dump type of thing. And so the idea of having it regulated, I personally think that's a good a good thing for the industry as a whole. Uh, just mm-hmm. because the more regulations we have, yes, it's going to be harder. Um, it might have more fees, but because it's harder to do things of these type of actions, it's going to be a little bit safer for the average consumer. What What do you think? Do you think regulations are needed? Uh, because the whole idea of crypto was to have it somewhat decentralized, deregulated in, in a sense. At least that's my understanding of it. But what are your thoughts? Um, it, I think regulation is a double-edged sword. It can cause mm-hmm. problems and have benefits. I heard a really interesting take on this um, from 
it was on a podcast. I believe it was on a recent podcast from Preston Pish. Okay. We talked about before. He had three other guys on. Um, I can't remember their names, but one of them uh, has some knowledge about the legal world. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the Security and Exchange Commission and how a lot of people have been looking to them to regulate uh, cryptocurrencies. But he was talking about how that's not generally how the U.S. government wants to do things. Mm -mm. Um, The the head of the SEC has basically said that new regulations aren't really necessary, that actually a lot of these cryptocurrencies are can already be shown to be violating laws that are already on the books Mm. so for example there are um unregistered securities a security is a a an investment vehicle that requires someone else to do something Mm. so there's there's going to be like a contract involved or it it requires uh someone someone is going to do something that is going to make that is going to bring value to the investor. So a stock is a security. um, And, you know, Bitcoin was invented. The original cryptocurrency was invented. And um, a lot, it it has been basically determined that Bitcoin is not a security, that it is so decentralized that it is actually it is kind of taken on a life of its own and it does not require other people to create the value. Um, Bitcoin is kind of just sitting there. It's, it's sort of digital gold, right? Gold is a commodity mm-hmm. and it's not a security. If I have gold, it's not like somebody else has to do something to make the gold valuable. The gold is there. Um, and so what the head of the SEC has said is that Aside from Bitcoin, there are very few other cryptocurrencies that are not securities. Most of them are securities, and pretty much none of them have abided by the laws that securities have to abide by. So they're all, he's essentially pointed out all of crypto and said, you know, you're all at risk. Now, but, but, um, what they were talking about on this podcast is that it's not necessarily the SEC's job to go around and tell everyone who has broken the law, who's busted, and just like grabbing people and taking them to jail. Typically what happens in the United States is if someone was harmed by an unregistered security, they would bring a court case against them. So I think what we're going to be seeing in crypto over the next few years is individual investors and regular people, you know, getting themselves a lawyer and going after cryptocurrencies themselves. Um, And that is kind of, that's probably the desired method of regulation that a lot of the people in the government are looking at. But people in Congress may also want to be looking at changing regulations and clarifying regulations around cryptocurrency. Now, what gets really tricky is this. If you get a lawyer and go after a cryptocurrency, one of the arguments they're going to try to make is, look, 
the regulations were too fuzzy. We mm. didn't know that we were breaking the law because it, those laws had never been made before because we're doing this new thing called cryptocurrency. Mm. Now, so what the chairman of the SEC, he's been pointing out that all these things are unregistered securities and that the laws don't need to change. That's a strategic move on his part because he's saying, look, these scams are just the classic scams that already existed, right? Mm. These are not new things. And judges should not be fooled by this argument that uh, that the regulatory environment was so mysterious. Mm-hmm. And so if the government comes out and makes these new regulations, and if the regulations are very different from what's existed before, mm-hmm. that then bolsters the argument that all of the scams that have occurred up to this point might be able to get away with it. Hmm. so there's a lot of there's a lot of very tricky uh things to navigate with this issue of crypto regulation well and i just want to add on top of this because as you got as you were talking about the sec and the regulatory process it actually reminded me of a video that i saw earlier this uh this year on youtube uh where john stewart was actually talking to the former not chairman of the board, but the uh, former member of the, uh, he worked in the SEC. It's an agent, one of the top ranking agents in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And they used to work there, but now that he's no longer in office, he's no longer working for the SEC. Now he's he's telling John Stewart a lot more. And mm-hmm. what I remember from it, it's been a while since I've listened, uh, listened to it. And I'll, I, I'll try to link the YouTube video um, to you. But what essentially he was saying was that the SEC's chairman is actually, he has very little wiggle room to enforce regulations. And the reason being, and and I think this was uh, on the idea when uh, Robin Hood was was a hot topic. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of regulatory process and how they make money through the uh, Citadel ghost uh, thing, dark, dark pools, stuff like that. Um, But he was pretty much saying that, Hey, you know, we don't have a lot of ways to enforce these regulations. I mean, we're one, the funding is pretty much cut in the sec. We're not getting enough governmental support. And two, these big name companies, which are essentially, lobbying to politicians and the politicians are the one that makes the law and the lawmakers are the ones that fund you know uh the sec it's like a huge circle at least that that was my understanding of it i could be wrong but that was my understanding and so the idea that you know the sec couldn't do much i it always goes back to that video where it's like well could they have done more or are we kind of in that gray area where they want to do more but they can't because it's tied down vice versa etc and so um it's a very interesting position because the sec's chairman is is literally stuck between a rock and a hard place i mean he has he or she has nowhere to move is it bernanke the one that's in office right now as the SEC's chairman, or who is it? Uh, no, that was um, the SEC chairman is Gensler, Gary Gensler. G- Gensler, yes. And uh, now he has understanding of crypto. He actually taught a uh, some kind of course at MIT. Oh, wow. And okay. um, 
Yeah, he understands how Bitcoin works. He understands okay. the fundamentals. And so that's one of the reasons why he was put in is because they really wanted someone who would be able to okay. navigate this. And Bernanke, I think, is the Federal Reserve guy? Chairman? He was. Okay, Bernanke okay. was the chairman of the Federal Reserve okay. until Janet Yellen. So I think Bernanke okay. was probably there until like 2012 or 2014 or something. Yeah. As you can see, I don't keep up today. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know he was. He was a Federal Reserve guy from way back when. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and he was on TV recently, so that might yeah, be also that, that, why he was. I, I saw a couple articles from him, and so that's why his name popped up in my mind. So, anyways, yeah. Continue on. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I just looked up on Wikipedia. It says the primary purpose of the SEC is to enforce the law against market manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, and I saw an, an article a few weeks ago about um the SEC was hiring and ramping up their crypto staff. They added like 20 or 30 people, maybe. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. And I think one of the key issues with the SEC is if they want to bring an enforcement action against someone, they've got to win. Yeah. Right. They, because the issue I was describing before where individual people can bring their own cases what the SEC wants to do is pick and choose their cases in such a way that they are paving the way for individual Americans who have been harmed. They can actually create case law and create a playbook Mm. that people can uh, benefit from. Now, if they go after some, if they go after someone and lose, that could in fact, uh, disempower regular americans who have been scammed so they've so the sec uh wants to choose carefully and Mm -hmm. one of the targets they've chosen i think the main target they've chosen over the last year or whatever has been uh ripple uh also known as xrp it is a very popular token it was back in the early days of cryptocurrencies it was one of the first altcoins and it was when it started, it did not have a blockchain. It was just a fully proprietary thing that was completely tro- controlled by a company called Ripple Labs. Mm. And it is, uh, it's just obviously an unregistered security. Um, it's obviously broken some laws. And so uh, the SEC has gone after them. And um, I think that is still in process. But yeah, I think it's going to be a while. I think it's going to be months or maybe even a year or two before that all comes to fruition. But yeah, the SEC is building a pretty large case against Ripple. And I think that's also what the video John Stewart says, that these companies are able to afford wonderful, great law firms or lawyers to fight for them. And the SEC, because they're restricted budget, they can't really do much uh, against, against, you know, them so hmm, really interesting Mm -hmm. and so the whole crypto market i also saw this uh it was a meme on reddit where uh new investors a year ago was investing into the crypto market and pretty much quitting work and they're like saying hashtag diamond hands you know shoot the moon you know to the moon kind of thing diamond hands and now uh, one of the memes was pretty much saying that 
they the the crypto market has crashed they lost all their initial investment or all, all their life savings and now uh, they're slowly walking back to work and then the employer is like oh what happened to your diamond hands where are they at boy <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was a hilarious depiction uh of just meme culture and so but you know what's really funny and not meaning to segue again but what's really funny is that gamestop just released their own digital currency speaking of meme stocks Hmm. just released it even amongst this whole terra crashing crypto crash and everything they just released their own coin or digital currency on their marketplace nft marketplace and so they're saying it's a beta launch right now and investors should be aware but i'm trying to think of all right, so I get that GameStop is trying to do something drastically new. They're, they're trying to build something here. And right now, there's huge pessimism in the uh, crypto market. So was there timing? Is there timing? Or even is the idea of doing an NFT slash crypto thing in their company, is that going to be good? Um. So I find it kind of weird that it took them so long. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a match made in heaven, right? It's the meme company doing the meme thing. You yeah. Know? Um, but it, they're they're releasing it right now when the market is cratering. It could theoretically work out for them. I mean, so the idea with like this NFT stuff is uh, you want to like create a community. Yeah. And so I think the GameStop investors already kind of are a community. Mm -hmm. And this could be a way of sort of monetizing that. Hmm. Um, Now, I am generally not that bullish on this type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. yeah, game, I mean, it's just I'm just surprised it took so long. Wow. It's it's <laughs> such a such an obvious move. Um, it's funny, yeah. Doing releasing it now, you know, it may not be a terrible time to release it. I mean, first off, since GameStop probably already has a community, it's not like they're, uh, you know, in some sense, from if if you look at it from the community perspective. Mm-hmm. I can imagine if they had launched while there was a market frenzy in crypto, then the people of the GameStop community might be actually a little bummed out that they're getting random people who are just trying to make a buck and see this as the latest meme trying to get in. Whereas there's probably people who have been doing the GameStop thing for like a year or two who consider themselves to be the original people, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... With GameStop releasing that as the bottom of the market, the only people who are going to be interested in it are going to be these people who are already part of the community. So in some sense, this might actually be something that the members of that NFT community consider to be healthy, you know, launching it at the bottom of the market. Well, I'm actually now, now that you bring that perspective, now I'm thinking of more of a business sense, because if they were to release it at the top of the market right when everyone's all for nfts coinbase and all of a sudden 
the market crashes and everyone does a mass sell, when you report that on your quarterly report the next quarter, what's going to happen is that you have to report that you started a new project. And in the first like week, it went up, you know, say 80%. And then at the end of the quarter, it is now down negative, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's something that you would have to report. And if, and if people saw the numbers like that, then they're going to be like, well, NFTs don't work because look at what happened to GameStop. They were, they were up, you know, for one quarter, 80%. Now they're down, you know, 200% or something like that. And so oh, obviously the numbers don't make sense in that regard, but it's going to be like a huge decline, especially if you report it. But if you start from the bottom, yeah, you're going to get like 10% increase. But then once things pick up again, then you're going to see a massive revenue spike in terms of nft or sales in nft and if that's the case that's going to be a much better story for investors to be like hey this thing does work so if this thing works our vision is correct and if our vision is correct you might want to put your money into this company now before you know you 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 miss out so i think you're right i think that it's a strategic move during mass pessimism you release something that only a few people would want to get into. And then when the bandwagon comes back, more people are going to pile on and that's going to be a much better story. Yep. That sounds right. Yep. I think, I think I, I, I can see that before I, I was like, why, why are they doing it now? That's such a weird, weird uh, market move. And, you know, Sean, thank you so much for sharing that thought. <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, and you know me, I've, I've researched into GameStop for a while now and just to understand what's going on. And it just did not occur to me that that was the strategy just right off, off the top of my head. And, you know, that this is, this is why we work together. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Two heads are better than one. Yep. Two perspectives, different perspectives are better than one. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that, that 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 that's you know and i thought that was really interesting how they're releasing it now and that that could just be it and nfts you know everyone's talking about nfts right now and it, it is crazy uh like i said i get the whole cultural identity you know being a part of a group i mean this was one of our podcast topics that we've talked about uh either uh, in the past or when this thing posted or maybe in the near future podcast episodes, so be able to look out for that. But it, it's what we've talked about in, in terms of social uh, social behavior and wanting to find an, a, a, an identity, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's crazy. But anyways, I think this is a good place to stop. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any comments or uh, anything that you would like to say, please write it down in the comments section uh, of this podcast or even on Apple, uh, wherever you were able to get the podcast. Uh, and uh, don't forget to share, like, and follow. Yeah. And until then, we'll see you guys in the next episode. And don't forget, don't trade your dollar for a penny.
I think that's right. Yes, so, yes. that is that is right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna keep saying it until. <laughs> put it, okay. let's maybe make a picture and like put it on your wall. I, I think I should. I just have foam <laughs> on my wall right here. So, anyways, all right. Take care, everyone. See ya.